Great, great to be here today. What a great song. Will we water down there? We'll touch a neighbour today and say, I'm excited about this message. Ah, <laughs> oh, glory to God. Well, I'm, um, I've been married for 50 years. It's a long time. And 1968, we got married and we've got two children and eight grandchildren. And three of them are there this morning, or two are there, one's in kids' church. But uh, I came from a family of eight and I was, I'm the baby. My mother used to call me the baby even when I was 30 years old, 40 years old. This is my baby, she would say. And um, anyway, uh, a couple of my brothers have passed away. But my sister this week... Um, I got a call to say that she's 85 and she got an infection in her eye. And the next thing they said is she's got meningitis, which is not a really good thing to have at her age. And uh, we prayed and my sister said, oh, I should, we should go up. You know, we, she might not make it. And we prayed and I rang yesterday morning and uh, they said they didn't do a, 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 punch, a spinal tap. They, did, they said she's starting to recover because I felt God say to me, she's going to be okay. And uh, they're not even sure if she had meningitis, but an answer to prayer and uh, she's okay. And then, she's, then our daughter, we get a call uh, from Jessica, from uh, Olivia to say her mum's in agonising pain on the bed with a, um, uh, a bulging disc that's pinching her nerve and she can't bear the pain and... And we have to call the ambulances and ambulance guys to come and give us some pain relief just to get her to stand up. And my wife prayed, and obviously we prayed and believed in God. And uh, she's up and about today out of hospital. So uh, it's been a... Um, and uh, living with purpose, you know, is uh, my message today, really about living with purpose. And, uh, you know, all of our ducks don't always line up. When you're living with purpose, things don't always go right, and, but you've got to just, uh, you go with it anyway, and uh, that's what I've sort of done most of my life. We're not perfect people with uh, perfect situations, but we're, we're living with a purpose, and, uh, and so, you know, it's about attaching your purpose to the right people. I'll tell you a joke before we go any further. There was two snakes talk, talking to each other, and one said to the other snake, are we poisonous? And the other snake said, why? He said, I just bit my lip. It's a bad joke. Uh, it's a bad joke. <laughs> anyway. So, attach your purpose to the right people. And, you know, when we're young, our parents say, don't hang around with that person. Don't hang around with that kid. He's no good for you. Or, you know, and, and we're told all the time but as we grow older once we get to about 14 or 15 we think our parents don't know anything and um, you know we start to uh, hang out with people that we go oh I like that guy or I like that girl or I like those guys you know whatever and uh, and uh, you know it starts to influence our life making decisions making the right decisions. Act 16 uh, we see where Paul um, you know he's uh, I won't read the whole lot, but in verse 9 of chapter 16 of Acts, uh, we see where Paul had a vision and, and uh, a, a man appeared to Paul in the night, a man from Macedonia, stood and pleaded with him saying, come over 
to Macedonia and help us. You know, he had a, a vision and uh, to head north. And, uh, and I guess, you know, with the purpose and our destiny that we have uh, in God is will we be obedient to that uh, call, you know. And uh, why don't we just pray for Lottie? And I've done a lot of mission work in my time. And uh, why don't we just pray for the pastor and Josh? Just hold their hands up right now. Father, we just thank you, Father, for people that will go into the nations and uh, preach the gospel, Lord. And we just hold up uh, Lottie, Pastor Lottie's hands and Joshua's hands today, Father, that uh, the battle is being won in that place, that the gospel is going forth and every demonic spirit is bound in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the victory and amen. Amen. So, uh, you know, it's about uh, being obedient to go to the right place with the right people. It's also... You know, uh, who you marry is uh, important for young people here today. You know, to, uh, you can marry the wrong person and go in the wrong direction. And uh, I'm glad that I married the right person. When I met Cheryl, went to her place. Her mother had taught children's church for 40 years or more. Uh, and uh, she had scriptures all over the, all over the kitchen. And, um, and I used to see all these scriptures, you know. But, uh, you know, little did I know that she was praying and uh, praying grandmother and uh, mother-in-law and, uh, you know, we ended up in the ministry for uh, 26 years. So we just handed our church over and, uh, you know, we were one of the longest serving uh, pastors in this city. Uh, Tim, Tim Cooper was the other one and he handed his church over just after we did. But we felt, uh, you know, our time was uh, up and, uh, you know, we needed to look for new things. And so who you marry, to see the right alignment, to see the will of God established in your life. And, uh, you know, you've got to, there's a lot of things that want to distract us and away from the purposes of God. And uh, you've got to ask yourself, you know, what's keeping you from your purpose? You know, the purpose that you believe that God's put on your heart, what's keeping you from that, from fulfilling that, um, you know, uh, for that, that, that purpose in your life? And uh, we've, we've just got to, sometimes we've just got to make a decision. You know, Paul said in verse 10, he said, now after he saw the vision, he immediately he said, let's go, you know, let's go to Macedonia. And uh, immediately, I've heard a lot of pastors say, you know, they didn't drop their nets immediately and follow the Lord. They wouldn't, and it says immediately, you know. And uh, we think in today's terms, oh, we've got, to, we've got to fix all of our business. You know, we just, got to, we just can't leave and follow Jesus just like that. But, um, you know, it does say immediately. And, um, and so, you know, have you ever sat on an aircraft lately? Uh, I've been uh, thinking about, you know, every time I book a seat, I say I want the exit, exit uh, aisle and, uh, you know, to stretch my legs out. <coughs> And there's a responsibility to sit in the exit row. And uh, they come down to you with a, with a um, folder and they, you know, how, how's your hearing? You're fit enough and all this stuff. And you've got to be over 15 to, in an emergency, can you help somebody? Uh, in an emergency, are you fit enough and are you willing to help people if you're going to sit in that row? 
And, uh, you know, I was thinking about that. And I thought, well, you know, I sat in the exit row as a pastor for 26 years and um, taking responsibility, you know, stepping up to the plate and saying, you know, I will go. And Isaiah says, you know, who will go for us? We used to say that all the time. Who will go for us? He said, here I am, send me. <laughs> you know, I was on my way to conference once and the senior pastor looked over to the back and he said, we believe it's time for you to go out and plant a church. I thought, oh, great. I like it up here in Taree. I like it up here in Wingham. And, um, you know, I had a farm, a small farm, and doing what I love to do. And, uh, you know, and we've got a church for you down Maitland, or Cessnock was the other one. And I go, well, I came down to have a look at Maitland, and, and I go, oh, I'll go to Maitland. And um, it was closer to the beach. <laughs> Uh, it was a funny thing. I came down to visit a guy in prison and on my way back through, I came through Gillison Heights and I looked over all the green grass and I said in my heart, oh, this wouldn't be a bad place to go if you're going to go anywhere. And sure enough, you know, God heard that and uh, here I am, you know, I ended up down here. And, um, you know, when we came down on the weekend, it was nice and quiet, not much traffic on the highway. And then, you know, in the weekdays, it just went crazy with traffic. I go, well, this is not, you know, this is uh, a bit different. But, um, you know, making the right decisions and uh, sitting in the exit row and, and, and being able to, I guess, you know, in our life, when I first met Cheryl, she worked at a rehabilitation centre in Hornsby. And uh, there was lots of young people there that had motor car accidents, you know, back... Uh, uh, there were quadriplegics, paraplegics, and young, just young, strong, fit men that no longer could walk and no longer could do anything. And, uh, you know, we found we were running them around. I had a utility at the time, throw their wheelchairs in the back, and they used to play uh, basketball. And, you know, and, and it was like, you know, we wanted to help people and that's what sitting in the exit row is like. That's what being a Christian is like, you know, helping people, helping people find Jesus, helping people find truth in their life that sets them free, you know. And uh, once you find Jesus, you know, there's just something, you know, that, that you've got that the world can't take away from you. And, um, and uh, we have an ability, I, I believe, you know, uh, to, to ignite a passion in our hearts no matter how old we are. You reignite that passion again. And, uh, you know, uh, in Acts 1.8 it says, You shall receive power. I can, re- I can remember the day I got baptised in the Holy Ghost. And I can remember the second time uh, that I started to be a witness for Jesus. I started to pray in tongues and, and, and building myself up in the faith and building myself up. And, and, and my favorite scripture is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's been my battle cry for many years, many years. And then I had an encounter with God in Malaysia at a prophetic school where Isaiah 60, verse 1, I felt God say, arise and shine, arise and shine for the light has come. And you know, when, we, when that comes to us, it's time to arise and shine. Because there's deep darkness covering the earth, but we will rise over it. And I don't know about you, but there's deep darkness now, and it's time for the church to rise up. 
you know, it's time for us to rise as Christians. And, uh, you know, sometimes we just need to, to, to get away and find Jesus. You know, it was a great honor for me to go to uh, Arnhem Land. And every day there, I knew Willie Dumas from many years ago in Taree. He started a church there and uh, we used to have prayer meetings with him. But I can remember uh, every day we would sit under this big uh, mango tree in Arnhem Land. And, um, and, you know, there was a nice breeze blowing off the, uh, off the lagoon or the, the, whatever you want to call it there and uh, where the crocodiles are. And we started singing this song. This guy, Robin, from uh, Willie's Church, started to sing this song, you know, in the pressing, in the crushing, you know, new wine's going to be there. And I don't know about you as a pastor, you go through some pressing and crushing and dying yourself. And, and uh, I just felt, you know, it was time for me there in Arnhem Land. And I just, I went to Robin and I said, that song is amazing. I said, keep singing that song, Robin. And uh, he didn't sing it exactly the way it sung in Hillsong or wherever, but um, it, it, was, it was just meant, it, I was just taking in every part of it and, uh, and singing, make me a vessel. You know, make me a vessel. I go, God, you know, make me a vessel uh, and fill me up. And, uh, and I started to not look for Jesus among the people but looking, or among the crowd. But in Luke 2.41, uh, you know, we can find ourselves looking for encouragement from people and um, where Jesus uh, got lost as a boy. And... Um, and Jesus uh, was in the temple when they found him preaching and teaching. And, you know, I've, I went, my wife got saved, you know, and uh, invited me to go one night with a guest speaker there who was a local guy in the town. And I went along and I found Jesus in that church that night, going back to the house of God, going back where God's people were. And, uh, you know, I got saved there. And I started to do little things in the church. We joined Christian Outreach Centre in, in um, Taree. And in that church, I started to do little things. And I started to find my purpose, my assignment. And that's, that's where it all begins. And, uh, and you, you have more than one assignment. You, have more than, you know, it's like, you know, your family, your workmates, those around. I was, a, you know, uh, wherever you go, your friends. And we, many friends came to visit us and we prayed for, and led them to Jesus, you know. And uh, we just saw God do such a, amazing things. My wife's brother and just, just all the time, you know, God was using us. And, uh, and I found my purpose by, you know, what I found easy that others found hard. So what do you find easy, you know, in your life to do? It's like Pepiana says, she finds it easy to talk. So, you know, what you going to do? You're going to be a great preacher, you know. And uh, I was, a, you know, I, I could do that. I could tell great stories and bush stories and all this sort of thing. And uh, so I found, what do you find easy that others find hard? And I always had a bit of a boldness around me. And, and so I started to be bold for Jesus. And the second thing is, what are the things in the world that disturb you? And uh, trends that keep popping up all the time, it seems to come, and it's sort of making you aware of what, of what, you're, what you're made for, what you're here on earth for. And uh, eight, Romans 8.28, it says, a call according to his purpose, called according to his purpose. And uh, 
So believe today that you have a purpose. That's the number one thing. You have a purpose. Amen. Say to the person next to you, you have a purpose. And, uh, and, and what do you look like in the spirit, you know? And uh, I, I, I'm attracted to watching SAS soldiers and all that. And I, I believe I was, I was on the floor once in a revival and, the, and, and uh, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you're a soldier of the cross. And I, hadn't, I don't think I'd ever heard that term. But uh, that's what I feel like on the inside. I feel like I'm a soldier for Jesus, you know, and waging the good warfare and, uh, you know, and uh, in my spirit. But what do you look like in your spirit and uh, and knowing that God is in control, uh, you know, and so we discover our gifts and direction. And I started to, you know, go. I went to Russia in 19, when communism fell in 1992 or somewhere around there it was, and uh, saw thousands of people get saved. Just impacted my life like you wouldn't believe. I gave, I'm going to go back and be a pastor, you know. And, um, and I only just uh, started really doing leadership for Jesus. And uh, then an opportunity to go to other places, the islands. But, you know, I didn't become a Christian to be a speaker. I did, speaking, I did not want to speak like this, you know. And, um, but uh, I was attracted to people that were a little bit, uh, a little bit unusual or not always the norm sort of people uh, that I sort of attracted to, a bit like David and his mighty men. You know, they were a pretty a ragged bunch and, uh, you know, they didn't all fit into the normal thing. But, um, you know, God puts that on our heart. But uh, one of the things I wanted to get my life right with God. You know, I knew that, uh, you know, I, I knew I wasn't right with God and I, want, I just so much wanted to get right with God. And, and when I found I, I got born again and I went home and got on my knees beside the bed and started to pray. You know, the only prayer I knew was our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, because I was raised as a Catholic. And, uh, and uh, you know, and I just felt such peace and, and, and God's, uh, the, the, the revelation just leapt off the pages of the Bible to me, just leapt off there. And I, I just got this amazing revelation and uh, started to, to run for Jesus, started to go for Jesus. Uh, because like the song, you know, he took sin, he took our sin, he nailed it to the cross. But, uh, you know, I didn't, um, I knew I was called to do something. I knew I was not going to be a normal person. You know, we're not normal people. We're peculiar people. We're different. And uh, we're called out ones. And uh, the anointed ones, the little anointed ones. And, uh, you know, we know God, we know the Father, and it makes all the difference. But, um, you know, I started to sing that song up in Arnhem Land, God, make me a vessel. And, and it was, I said, breaking new ground. I was going, yeah, I'm break, you're breaking new ground in me, God. And, uh, you know, I just felt, you know, you accumulate some baggage over years and, and you get hurt and you get betrayed and all the stuff that goes along with whatever pastoring and, you know, and, uh, and you, you got to, and I felt I unloaded it all, left it up at Arnhem Land. And uh, one night 
on the last night, you know, I really started to find that freedom again. Just the freedom to, you know, and pray for the people and see God move in their hearts. And remember this lady brought this little boy over to me, a little Aboriginal boy, and I prayed for him and he, he, he could just see God all over him. And he didn't get off the floor, off the ground, the dirt for, oh, 20 minutes, half an hour. And the next night, they brought him over again. And he said, he wants wants you to pray for him again. He just couldn't get enough of God. And the other part of the song, it says, get rid of the old flames for the new fire today. You know, it's part of our, our journey to get rid of those old flames, those old things we hang on to. The new fire today. You know, I, I believe uh, Paul had great passion because of pain. You know, pain produces passion. You know, if you if you've been sick, you understand sick people. If you're being downtrodden, you understand what it is to be like that. And it produces great passion in us. And uh, it says that Paul was never disobedient to the heavenly vision. He said, King Agrippa, I was never disobedient to the heavenly vision. The purpose that he had. You know, stuff we, we hang on to. And in Acts 26, he said that. He was, he was Saul before that. He was a persecutor of, of the church. You know, he was there when, when they killed Stephen and, you know, he held the clothes and probably gave the orders and, and yet, you know, here he is. God knocked the S off his life and put a P on it and called him Paul, one of the greatest apostles of all time. You know, Maitland, Maitland needs a revival. Maitland needs to come to Jesus. This city belongs to God. This city will be saved. And uh, Paul just didn't have a makeover, but he, he was a new cre- creation, a new creature. All things had passed away. You know, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He, made, he came to make dead people alive because yeah. we were dead in our sin. We were dead in our trespasses, but he made us alive. We don't, we don't want to sin anymore. We don't want to agree with the Holy Ghost. We don't want to be separated from God, from his peace that passes all understanding in a world of turmoil. You know, and um, uh, Martin Luther King, I often admire him. And, you know, they're freedom fighters, they were. Freedom for their people. And he said, I have a dream, you know. And he was, he was shot, he was killed, but he said, I have a dream. Many still have that dream today. Nelson Mandela is another man fighting a freedom fighter. Spent 29 years in a little prison cell. When he came out, he said, the comeback, you know, the comeback. And, and uh, you know, influenced many, many people that you and I have the ability. So keep making a comeback. I'm making a comeback. Amen. <laughs> You're going to make a comeback. Arise and shine, for the light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen. And from that day on, I went to the nations 
and I had a voice, and I had a word, amen, and, um, and a clean vessel, an empty vessel, and, um, you know, born with destiny in our hearts. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take our hands off our life. We're going to get out of the driving seat and let Jesus be on the wheel. Let him take us on the journey that he has for us. When Jesus died on the cross, he borrowed the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. You know, it says that Joseph was a Jew, but he wasn't there consenting to kill Jesus. And it's and it, and it just a coincidence that he would be there at that time. And he came to ask for the body of Jesus. And Jesus borrowed his tomb. He only needed it for 72 hours because he went down into Hades, it says in Peter. He went down and he preached to the sinners, the prisoners that were there. And many of them came out and walked the streets of Jerusalem. Amen. And he took the keys of death and hell. That's why the devil doesn't even have the key to, key to his own house. That's why he can't hold you in that addiction. That's why he can't hold you in that fear. That's why he can't hold you. You have to get free of that, amen, breaking the chains. And he can't hold you. So I believe, you know, your rest of my life will be the best of my life. One of the things I say, if you're on an aeroplane and you hit turbulence, I don't know if you've ever been on one and it starts to shake and, you know, uh, jet streams and things. You know, you don't say, I'm going to get off. <laughs> you don't say, let me out of here. <laughs> no, you buckle up. Yes. You buckle up and you sit up and you sit there and you get ready, amen. Get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> it's like that in our walk with Jesus. We don't bail out. We don't leave church. We don't leave the faith. You know, we hang on in there. Things don't go right for you. You know, the pastor didn't talk to you this morning. So, you know, you know he's ignoring me or whatever. You know, all this stuff that we go on with. No, buckle up. Yeah. Grow up. Be a man of God, a woman of God. Amen. Live with a purpose. Don't give up. Taste determination. Determination. You keep fighting the fight. And you enjoy life like, you know, Football, if you like football, that's fine. I like tennis, but, uh, you know, if you don't like eating, when you get to my age, if you don't like eating beans, don't eat beans. <laughs> you know, my wife puts all the stuff on the, she said, you don't, you like that tonight? Well, I don't have to eat it anymore. I'm 72 years old. <laughs> I like mangoes now. I like ice cream. I like lychees. I've got, I fell in love with lychees over in the islands. I like mangoes. I like lobsters. Everything's that's expensive. <laughs> prawns. If I go to the East Maitland Bowling Club, I eat all their prawns. <laughs> ah, God. God is good. <laughs> there was these two, this guy had a dream as well. And he said, uh, he dreamt that he kissed a nun. There's any Catholics here today. He dreamt he kissed a nun. I was taught by nuns. And uh, anyway, he walked on the street and he sees this nun. And he says, I had a dream. I, want, I kissed a nun. And she said, you can only kiss me if you're a Catholic. And so uh, he said, I'm a Catholic. So he kissed her. And then she said, uh, then she said and he said, oh, I'm not really a Catholic. I'm a Baptist. 
And she said, well, I'm not really a nun either. My name's Frank, and I'm on my way to a fancy dress ball. (laughs) But the fulfillment of living in your purpose, there's an excitement of living in your purpose. Don't be happy with mediocrity. You know, most people when they get older, they say their biggest regret is that they didn't take more risks. Take more risks. Live dangerously. And um, playing it safe is overrated, I reckon. I've never played it safe. Serving Jesus. Living in a routine routine is overrated. (coughs) Taking a step of faith is exciting. Living with purpose is exciting. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Paul said to Timothy, I fought the good fight. I kept the fight. You know, a lot of people are unhappy because they're living for themselves. You know, you're living for themselves. Don't just live for yourself. Live for something greater. You know, a purpose. I have a purpose. I have a destiny to fulfill. Say to the opportunity, I am the one you're looking for. You know, a guy came to spray our, our house with termites there a year or so ago and I went out to meet him on a Monday morning. He said, what did you do on the weekend? That's the worst thing you can ask the pastor. And I, and I told him. And, he, and I told him about my experience with God and salvation. As he went up through the manhole, he said, when I do this, I'll get you to tell me, I'll get you to tell me more about it. So anyway, he came to the table I stepped out, I sat down with him at the table, and I spoke up, and I led him to Jesus at our kitchen table. Uh, he came from down Newcastle, I told him to go and find a church, you know, a good church to go to. And I spoke up, and I sat down with him, I took the time. Well, I stepped out first, but, um, you know, praise God. Time goes quick when you're having fun. <laughs> I need a drink. Oh, praise God. There was a rich man who had all these uh, paintings, of uh, famous paint, paintings of uh, people. And uh, he also had one son. And he, and he painted a picture of his son one day. The way the son was, part, was killed, the father later died. They had an auction at the house. Everybody came to buy the famous paintings of, uh, of Leonardo da Vinci, Rembrandt. They came to buy those paintings, Vincent van Gogh. And uh, the butler was there and the auctioneer had a, had a letter. And uh, he said, first of all, before we sell all those paintings... I'm going to sell, he wants to sell the painting of the sun. Nobody would bid on the sun. Nobody wanted the sun. And, and, the, and the old butler was there. He said, I'll give a hundred pounds for the sun. And so he said, sold. And he put the, the hammer down. And then he opened another letter and he said, I'm sorry, the auction is finished today. They said, we want to buy the other painting. They said, no, the auction's finished. The owner in the will has said, whoever gets the sun gets everything. 
Whoever gets the sun. Friend, if you're here today, you get everything when you get Jesus. You get all the divine privileges. It says in um, Ephesians 1.3, you're blessed with every blessing. Every resource is available to you, to you. When you pray, the Father hears you. Hebrews 2 verse 3 says, How shall we escape? How shall we escape if we neglect? So great of salvation. How shall we? There will be a judgment day. I, I want to be with Jesus. Amen. I want to be with Jesus. If you're here today, if every, maybe you are with Every eye could just close. And if, you're, if you haven't prayed the prayer and asked Jesus to come into your life today, you know, and it says you're born again. You're born again. You're born of the Spirit. If you've never prayed that prayer or, or you're away from God, the second thing, or you're not sure if you're going to heaven, the third thing, I'd like you to just raise your hand. Is there anyone like that this morning? I'd love to pray with you, young person, older person. Is there anyone here today who've never prayed the prayer, said, Jesus, forgive me my sin. I want to be born again. I want to come in. I want you to come into my heart. Is there anyone like that? Great. You're all saved. You're away from God. Maybe you're not walking with God like you should. Maybe you're not sure of your purpose. Or today you're... um, you're uh, not sure if you're going to heaven. You know, people, people say to me, oh, I hope I am. I said, I know I am because I prayed the prayer. If I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, I'm saved. I believe in the word of God. So I know I'm saved. Is there anyone like that today? Praise God. Can we all just stand and there's anyone here in your got pain in your body, you, you're looking for a miracle. Uh, I believe God is certainly, certainly, well, God's always wanted us well. God wants us well. He wants us whole. He wants us healed. And uh, today, if you need healing, I'd love to just pray with you if you'd like to come to the front. And it says, lay, on, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I believe that I Well, I'm passionate about praying for sick people because I want to see them well. I want to see them healed. I don't want to see I don't want to see people sick. The devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came to give us life. Is anyone today? As we're going to sing one song, are we? As we sing this song, um, love to pray with you, lay hands on you. Um, I don't know whether you heard in Arnhem Land, but there was a lady who never spoke for three years and we prayed for her. She'd been through some trauma and hadn't spoken a word, her husband said. And uh, we prayed and that lady began to speak. You know, amazing miracles. I got another lady who I just really loved loved her attitude, Got got her out of a wheelchair, walked around and around an area this size. And she came back again the next night. She hadn't walked for a few years out of the wheelchair. But, you know, we and glory to God, there's just such an atmosphere of faith. And, you know, you just had to enter enter into that.
Heaven is waiting to come. Heaven is waiting to invade this world. You know, the, the things that were made were not made with things in this world. It was made with the unseen. God created things out of nothing. And He can create a new heart. He can create a new lung. He can create anything in your life. Nothing is too hard for God. Amen. So if anyone needs healing, I'm just going to hand this back. If you'd like to come out in the front, let me lay these hands on you. Amen. And uh, if you've got pain today, has anyone got pain? You're here today and you've got pain in your body. Could I pray for you? Would you like to come out? God bless you.